You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Springfield, Missouri. To connect with us or learn more, visit us online at ridgecrestbaptist.org. Yesterday at my house, it took about two or three hours, and all of a sudden, everybody had cabin fever. And here we are, we're facing maybe a few weeks here where we're not going to be able to get out and be in the crowds and be with our friends as we're used to. And uh, that's going to be hard. Even today, as you think about your day and what you're going to be doing, it seems like it's kind of a stay home kind of uh, day, a, a stay home kind of feel. But the Lord put on my heart this passage from Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 26 and going through verse 33, that's really not a stay in kind of passage. It's really a go out and share kind of passage. It's a reminder that Jesus has called his disciples to take the gospel out into a world that is not always easy to preach to. There's always going to be challenges. There will always be setbacks and roadblocks. And church, what I believe is that God is going to use what seems to be a roadblock, what seems to be a time of great difficulty where the church is going to have a very difficult time doing its work and doing its ministry. I believe if we will look carefully, we'll see that this is not a roadblock at all. This is an opportunity to do something great for God. It's a, it's a time for us to remember who we are and go back to our roots. And we have a choice. We're either going to be paralyzed by fear or we're going to become the people of faith that we're called to be. So I'm going to ask you, if you will, there at home, wherever you are, if you can open up your copy of scripture, we're going to be here in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 26. And I want you to hear these words today and may they bring you great comfort So have no fear of them for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light and what you have whispered, what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell are not two sparrows sold for a penny. And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than the sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my father who is in heaven. Let's pray together. Lord, I ask that you will take this moment of time, this time where fear is in many hearts, and remind us, God, that you are with us. I pray that you will give us strength like we've never known before, and I pray that a revival of your church will come forth out of this difficult season. God, speak to us. You have, in this passage, directly spoke to your disciples, and I think directly to our hearts as well. Let us hear your word today, I pray, Lord Jesus, and it's in your name that we pray, amen. These past few weeks have been stressful. I would imagine that most of us have been feeling rather scared, not just a little anxious, kind of out of sorts. I think it's natural. I think it's understandable for us to feel that way. 
Back when I was an undergraduate student, I took Psych 101, and there was this word I learned. It was called eustress. Now, distress and eustress, um, one is supposed to be good for you, and the other is supposed to be bad. But in my experience, stress is stress. And the last few days in particular, how can you not feel stressed? When they close down Disney World, it seems like it's the end of the world. But it's not. This too will pass. And, and throughout the years of Christianity, throughout the world, there have been challenges. And God has worked through all of those. But I want to tell you, it seems like many people think that since we're a people of faith, that we're supposed to just put a brave face on each day. We're supposed to act like none of these things really bother us. Of course, they, they bother other people, but they don't bother us. I think we need to be more honest with our hearts. I think we need to, to say that it's okay when we see grocery stores wiped out, uh, all the food gone in a matter of hours, when, when we hear about pandemics and, and the World Health Organization starts making these declarations that, that sound very scary, when we as a human population in 102 years haven't experienced anything like this, of course it's going to cause us to be stressed out. Of course there's going to be some anxiety. So today, I don't want you to misinterpret anything that I say. I'm not, I'm not telling us, I'm not telling you or anybody else that to have fear at this time is unnatural. We're going to have a little bit of fear, but my prayer is, is that by God's grace, the fear we're feeling right now will guide us to a place of deeper faith. That we will not let this fear take us away from the essentials and what God has called us to do, but help us to embrace those essentials more. And I think the church can do that. We need to understand that the devil wants us to be distracted all the time. Now today we certainly have a distraction. The coronavirus is the biggest distraction of distractions. But I'm here to tell you, I think that when we see a pestilence like this across the land, that's the shadow of darkness. But friends, I'm here to tell you the greater darkness is our enemy who has come to steal and kill and destroy and we need to remember that, that, that even though this, this illness that people are having is, is serious and we need to take it seriously. Obviously, we're, we've done things, we've, we've enacted measures to deal with this. We are concerned too. But friends, listen to me. There are so many souls out there that are not just captivated by fear, but they're being led away from God and into a very dark place. I think Jesus' words for us today help us to focus where we need to focus. And that, that, that doesn't mean that we ignore what's going on in the world today. But what it really does for us is it focuses our eyes on what really matters. Eyes focused on the problems of this world can never see the train wreck that is coming spiritually. And I feel like today, that's the greater danger in our world, is that prosperity, not just in America, but in many places in the world today, it's great. We want to see the world prosper. We want to see uh, poor people rising up and having economic freedom. But one of the things that comes with that is, is that many times we depend on economics and we forget about God. And so when we have something like this happen, all of a sudden, all those 401ks, annuities, all those things that we had really just put our trust in, those things are uncertain now, and we begin to get shook up. We have to turn our attention somewhere else. 
And I want to encourage you to turn your heart to Jesus. Because as inconsistent and fluid as this world can be, Jesus is our rock. He's our savior. So what I would like to do is talk a little bit about fear today. And we're going to talk about what happens when we aim fear in the wrong direction first. Then we're going to come around and we're going to talk about where we should aim our fears and our concerns. And after that, I'm going to show you how God's love um, is the remedy for our fears and gives us faith. But that faith is not just to give us hope and strength for, for the journey. But then I believe this passage is clearly one of outreach and gospel uh, sharing and telling. God wants us to have our hearts changed and transformed by his word. Not just so that we feel better about this world. Not just so that we have hope. But so that we can share that hope with our neighbors and the nations. So I want to talk about that here today. And we do know that some fear has been aimed in the wrong direction because when all the toilet paper is gone for no reason, clearly faith, uh, fear is aimed in the wrong direction and we need some faith. Okay. So I think we need this message for today. So let's take a look first at what I mean by fear poorly aimed. The first thing that Jesus tells us in this passage, if you'll notice in verse 26, so have no fear of them. Have no fear of them. Now, to know who the them are, you go back just a few verses and you realize that Jesus says that when we go out and share the gospel, we're going to meet opposition. When we try to tell the truth, even in love to the world, many people in the world today want to hold on to their sins more than they want to grasp a hold of God. They don't want to let go of the things they enjoy. And what they don't realize is, is that many of those things are, are not healthy or helpful for their souls. But in this passage, Jesus warns us that, that the secular world, the common wisdom of the age is often going to be against us. So here's this. I, I think this is so important for people to hear. If you really want to be countercultural, if you want to be radical, you don't need to get some hippie van from the 60s, a VW hippie van. Just start preaching Jesus if you want to be different in the world today. You want to cause ripples in the culture? Start talking about Jesus because the world is not buying that. They want to buy into the comforts of this world. And those things have been severely shaken recently. I'm going to tell you, it's been hard for me personally thinking about this. I have a daughter who has type 1 diabetes. Her, her immunity is compromised. Um, she is young and yet she's at risk. I know other friends that I have that have family members that are in similar predicaments. It is so easy to be afraid. And then I, I take from there to the other place that, that just sometimes it's hard to share the gospel, to talk about Jesus in the public sphere. Sometimes we know that people are going to point a finger at us and, and again, call us radicals. But I believe that we need to start being radical. I, I think our attention span has, has, has gotten to the point where we, we're not paying attention to the important things. And here we have this opportunity today. But here's the thing, even though Jesus is talking about people problems here, we can also see how pandemics cause problems. People, uh, pandemics, whatever it is that's causing us to fear, all of those things are things that pull us away from what God wants us to experience. You see, the devil doesn't care how you're distracted. All that he cares about is that you are distracted. And I think about 
how so many of us in the next few days, maybe weeks, are not going to be able to get out as much. And so you say, Pastor, how in the world am I going to be able to apply sharing the gospel? Well, we have social media today. We have, we have the opportunity. You don't have to get out in big crowds, but do you realize that you're going to have neighbors maybe that, that didn't get to the grocery store in time to get what they needed? Maybe you can share some of your groceries. Maybe you can at least check on your neighbors and make sure they're doing okay. I'm going to tell you, a game of dominoes with your neighbor might be a great time to get to, to know those who are around you. Look for opportunities. Don't let fear keep you from sharing. But what we need to do and I believe we can do this if we'll trust in the Lord, is we need to look beyond the problems and the pain and start asking God to show us spiritual realities. What really matters? I want to ask you there as you're home today, hopefully with your family gathered around you, look around you. What really matters? Does it matter if the stock market continues to slide? Well, yeah, I, I understand that our future well-being matters, but look, look at your kids, look at your wife, your, your husband, look at your family. Ask yourself, what really matters? How much time are we really investing in one another? How much are we investing in spiritual realities? You know, I think about Jesus as he says these words, do not fear. Do you realize that he's just a, a short time away from his own cross? You know, he's telling people not to fear when from a worldly perspective, from a physical perspective, knowing that he's about to face the, the, the pain and suffering of the cross, he says, do not fear. Jesus is not telling us to do something in, in the sense where he's uh, aloof or, or separated from it. It's not like Jesus came to this earth and floated about two or three inches above the ground and never had to suffer in any way. When he said, do not fear, he knew what was coming. He knew the cross was coming. But he tells us not to fear, even though he knows for us, our, our Lord Jesus knows that we're going to face troubles and trials and tribulations, and he still says, fear not. And he does that, not because there aren't scary things, but it's because we have to keep our eyes focused on what really matters. I said a moment ago to focus on your family and look at what God's given you. But I want you to ask yourself this question, how are you pouring into your family spiritually? And I'm going to tell you, this is an empty room. This is a hard, hard environment to preach in. But I notice more and more families, because of sports, because of the busyness of life, they platoon in coming to church. That's what we call it. We have a lot of members that, that aren't here every week because, well, life is busy. I'm going to tell you, uh, that's a dangerous game to play. When we look at our lives and we realize that, that church becomes a second or third priority, it, it means that our, our, our fears, for instance, how does fear play into that? Well, if I, don't, if I don't take my kid and we don't play sports all summer, they may not get that scholarship. That's fear driving that, not faith. I mean, when we... When we uh, feel like that we have to escape all the time and get away and, and we're always going and we're always traveling, but we're not really building consensus and building community. Listen, that makes us vulnerable. The devil doesn't care where you go. It can be good. It can, it can look good on the outside, but as long as you're staying away from worship, away from community, you're getting yourself into a place where you're vulnerable to the enemy. Jesus is sharing some great truth with us here. And I fear that what we are fearing are all the wrong things. We are fearing um, the, the economy. We're, we're fearing our, our, our personal health and well-being. 
And yet how often are we really thinking about what we should be most afraid of and that is our souls, our our status, our state before God. This illness that is going around the world today, the pain that it causes and the suffering that it causes, especially our our senior citizens, it's it's very difficult. But I'm afraid that once again, if we buy into that chaos, we lose sight of what's really important. And in verse 33 here, Jesus says, but whoever denies me before man, I also will deny before my father who is in heaven. Are we afraid of that? Are we afraid of that word being said to us? Because we were so concerned about the things of this world, that our fear was so poorly aimed that we missed the most important thing of all, which was giving our heart to Jesus. When fear is aimed in the wrong direction, we are trading eternal life for mortal comforts, and we are giving more credence to them than him. And I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to put the emphasis in the wrong place. This analogy is, is simple, but I think it connects. I bought a safe a few years ago to put some of our family's belongings in. It's a, it's a, a very solid safe. It's fireproof. It has a, a lot of features to it that are, that are good to have. And, um, you know, I put valuables in it. But can you imagine buying a safe and setting it up in your house, getting it all secure, and then taking empty shampoo bottles and uh, just trash and filling up your safe with trash, leaving all of, of your wife's jewelry, all of the important documents, all of the precious photos just out where, where if somebody broke in, they could steal them. Or, or if a fire were to occur, um, the only thing that would be saved are things that really is only worthy of the trash. I think when our fear is aimed in the wrong direction, that's exactly what we've done. We've treasured the wrong things. And I want to challenge each one of you to ask yourself, just ask yourself and, and begin a conversation there with your spouse. Have we been treasuring the wrong things? Has this coronavirus episode, again, unprecedented in a hundred plus years, has this caused me, caused us to reconsider what we're investing in, what we're truly investing time and money and effort in? Is it time for a change? Is this a, a, an opportunity from the Lord for a course correction? So let's talk for just a moment about fear when it's aimed properly. Yes, this world is ruled by fear. We fear getting old. We fear being poor. We fear not getting a good education or a job. That's what the secular world is always worrying about, those things. We fear for our children's safety. I know the enemy uses that on me all the time. I just have, when I have darkness, that's where my darkness is, is thinking about terrible things happening to my kids Uh, We have all of these fears with the economy that's uh, on the brink right now. We fear paying our mortgages and all of those things. But I want to ask you this. In a world world ruled by fear, have we lost the ability to fear God? Because all those things that I mentioned to you a moment ago, they're, they're important and they're precious. But the real question for us today is, are we fearing God? Where is God in our lives even those who have a nominal faith, even those who, who just have a basic faith in Christ, I wonder if they are truly looking at everything they do in light of the eternal. I wonder. I know the answer is most of the time not. I think most people that, that, that are Christians, they, they've grown up in the Christian culture, I fear that many times that they're living for the moment. 
They're not thinking about the larger picture. And I want to challenge you to think about that. Look at verse 28, if you have your Bible open still. And it says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Okay, so what we've been talking about so far is all the things we fear in this world. But what Jesus says is, really think about the fear that you need to have of the Lord. Now, this is where we go into a fear that I think is on the healthy side. It means more respect. It's not about anxiety. It's about respect. Understanding who God is. Understanding how he's at work. And let me say this. We spend a lot of times worrying about things that even when we worry about them, we're not able to control one bit. You can set and check your, your, your 401ks all day long, but you're not going to be able to really change anything. If you move things around, you'll probably make it worse. So we're worrying about things that we have no control over. Well, let me tell you what you do have control over. You have control over your decision to worship the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and with all your soul. Every single day, not just on Sundays, you have that choice to make. And I think that when we are not fearing the Lord and we are fearing all the things in this world, we're forgetting that this world is just the preface of our existence. The rest of the story is eternal and in eternity. D.A. Carson's the great New Testament scholar. He says that Jesus is revealing to us the non-finality of death. The non-finality of death. Now, when we think about death in this world, if we don't have Christ, we think of death as the final chapter, the end. But I'm telling you, Jesus is saying, look out, watch out. Verse 28 there, watch out for those who, it's not those who kill the body that you need to worry about, but you need to fear him who can judge us. Who when we stay and remain in our sin, when our choice is we want our sins rather than our savior, We are in the greatest peril. Make sure your fear is aimed in the right direction. That you have fear and respect of who God is. If we reject this deliverance, if we defy and deny this good news, the consequences are severe. Today, with all that's going on, it almost seems cruel to talk this way. But I want to ask you, where do you stand with God? I know you're concerned about your health But I mean it when I say this. I am concerned about the spiritual health of America, of of the people in our community that we love so much. We can say we love them and we can make sure that they're fed and taken care of. But ultimately, we believe that every single soul in the world is going to live forever with God or apart from him. And it's time for us as the church to make sure that that's what we respect. That, That Yes, we want to care for those who are hurting, but we respect their souls And we want to share the gospel because the gospel is what transforms us. The Proverbs teach us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I'm praying for the church to get wise in this way. Because proper, God-aimed fear will help us have godly lives. But as we've been saying, misdirected, poorly-aimed fear will get us caught in sin's snare. Have you thought about what it's going to be like on that day when you face God? Have you thought about that? When we're faced with a pandemic and and we know that if we were to get sick, that this could be the end of our lives in this world. It, It is. It's scary. But you know, for those who have faith in Christ, 
were able to look beyond the fear of that moment, just like Jesus was able to look beyond the fear of the cross and see the glory of the resurrection. That's what the Christian hope gives us. We're not going to be careless. We're going to be very careful. We're going to make sure that we're doing wise things in this world so that we don't put people at risk. But ultimately, we're all going to die someday and we have to have Christ in our hearts. Please, whatever you do, do not forget that Jesus loves you and that he died on the cross for your sins. Your sins have been paid for by the blood, the precious blood of Jesus. And that's the reason why we take the time to preach to you today and bring you this message because we believe in the saving power of Jesus. So let me talk for just a moment about faith in God's love and care. We've been talking about fear, so let's switch gears. And for just a few more minutes, let's talk about the faith that we need to have. Ultimately, I want you to know that God loves you and he cares for you. He is the good shepherd. We just sang that song a moment ago. We sung together Psalm 23. We believe that he is our good shepherd. He will not forsake us. He will be there for us, especially at a time like this. We want to make sure that God and his love is proclaimed. Our living God is a loving God. And and a moment ago, I I talked about judgment, but know this, that, that God is holy and perfect. And that judgment is because we have broke his holy law. But ultimately, he sent, God sent, the heavenly father sent his only begotten son so that you wouldn't have to be condemned. So that you could know instead his great love. Notice what the passage says in verse 29 and following. And are not two sparrows sold for a penny? In other words, two sparrows aren't, aren't worth much. And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Now, now I know that when we think about this illustration that Jesus gives, it's hard for us to connect with. But a sparrow in Jesus' day was something that was sold. It was one of the only proteins that a poor person could afford to have. This was a a, a survival food, literally. And so poor people would buy these. And of course, those little bitty birds didn't have much sustenance. They, they, were, they were not respected, of course. You can imagine if people were, were eating them. Uh, not, we're not talking about a pet or anything. We're talking about something very practical, something that, that most people wouldn't give a second thought to. That's kind of the point. And Jesus says, you know what everybody else ignores? My heavenly father pays close attention to. And I have love for all of creation and I love you. And that's a great message for us to hear when there are threats by them out there who tell us to not share the gospel. When we are threatened by uh, disease and disasters that happen worldwide. Some people today are, of course, scared to death of global warming. And and I understand if if you think about the climate changing and, and sea levels rising. I mean, but just think how people are motivated by that fear. When are we going to be motivated, church? By the fear of the Lord. And then, when are we going to be motivated by the love of the Lord? When are we going to just say, that love that God has poured out on me is too much just for me. I want to share that love with other people. I think Jesus is aiming in that direction. He wants you to know that you're loved, but he also wants you to remember that he loves others as well. And I believe that when you have a proper fear of God, you can trust in God's proper care for you. He will take care of you. 
Have confidence in the love of God. Yes, God judges sin. But more importantly, Jesus came to forgive us of our sins, to give us the freedom our hearts need in the light of, of all of that that's going on in the world today, all the, all the darkness, quite frankly, that's in the world. We need the light of Jesus and the joy that he brings us. And that brings me to my final point, which is this. If we are able to, to fear God as we ought to, and we're not distracted by the fears of this world. Yes, I've already mentioned we have faith that God loves us, but then we also have faith to speak the gospel. And Ridgecrest, this is where I want you to grab hold of the vision that God has for this great church. God wants us to be all of us, not just your pastors. He wants all of us to be the preachers of the gospel. He wants us to share the good news of Jesus and how he died on the cross and rose again after three days, defeating death and giving us hope. The church cannot live in fear when we have been given this great gift. Let's live as victorious people. Let's know that we have victory in Jesus. There are many souls in the world that have not heard this good news, this gospel, and we have the privilege of sharing it. The gospel is the message of free grace and salvation in the name of Jesus. So if you're here online with us today, you're not a normal churchgoer, and you think, you know, I don't want to go to the church. I can do this where I sit in my living room and I'm not around people. I don't want to be around people who think they're better than me. I want to tell you this. There is no one here at Ridgecrest that I've seen, and certainly they're not going to hear this from me. None of us believe that we are good in and of ourselves. Anything good in us is because Jesus is in us. We, we want people to know that when you come in here, we are not going to look down on you because of some sin in your life, because you could easily do that to us. We all know that the only holiness and righteousness that's really in us is because Jesus has changed us. And everything that we give him praise for, it's, it's his doing, not our doing. We believe that. And we want you to share in that glorious environment that, that takes place when God's people gather together, not to say, hey, look how great I am, but to say, how great thou art. That's what we believe here. And we have faith to speak this word. We're not going to brag on ourselves. We are going to brag on God. The whole world needs to hear this. Fear of God causes us to realize that the stakes are higher than our minds can fathom. Nothing less than the eternal destiny of human souls. We do what we do here at Ridgecrest because we believe, as I said before, every soul matters. God loves you. And he wants you to spend eternity with him. Let his truth grab a hold of your heart. What we have in Jesus is beautiful. I want you to look at verse 27. Verse 27 says, What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. I don't know if you've watched some of the videos from Italy where people are quarantined. They're literally singing out of their balconies in the streets. Now, I don't know what they're singing, but I know what you and I need to be singing. If they lock us up in our homes, we need to just start singing. Now, at my house, that's probably not going to sound really good, but Rich is, is a neighbor, so maybe I'll hear his voice, okay? But nonetheless, let's, let's sing and proclaim, yes, it seems like the world is always trying to put us on lockdown. 
And I'm not talking about this pandemic. I'm talking about just, they're always trying to silence us. Let's not let the world silence us. Let's speak. You know, the world is going to take advantage of this too. And I don't know if this is true. I heard it and you know how these things are. But some porn site over in Europe is offering free porn for people who are locked down. That's, that's what the world's going to give people. That's what the world's going to do. They're going to take advantage of this moment. They're going to try to get into people's minds and people's hearts. Church, listen to me. We can't let the world win. We cannot let them have uh, the, the direct route into people's hearts. We need to make sure that we're doing everything we can with all of the technology and all the gifts, not just this church, but every church. We need to do everything we can to make sure that the voice of the gospel, the voice of Jesus is heard in every home around the world. We need to do everything we can to get this message out, to proclaim it from the housetops. And with fear under control, we can acknowledge Jesus before men. Look at verse 32. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. When you preach for Jesus, Jesus will preach for you. What a beautiful thought that is. And verse 33, but whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. What a sad thing. And I just want to ask you right now, where do you stand with God? Will God stand up for you in Christ? Will Christ stand up for you and, and speak to you and speak for you? Or will he say, depart from me for I never knew you? You know, I think a lot of people are putting their faith in, in again, just maybe their religion, maybe, maybe the fact that they grew up in a Christian culture or have Christian parents. But I want to ask you right now, as you've been going through the fear, as, you've, as your heart's been troubled by the things that have happened in the last week or so, do you feel like that maybe there's something missing? Well, if you're feeling that something is missing, that could be. Now, I don't know your heart, but it could be the Holy Spirit at work in your heart. And maybe, just maybe, the Lord is asking you to reconsider your faith and where you stand. Please don't, don't, don't make the mistake of assuming things are okay. But go to the Word. Let, let the Spirit of God speak through the Word and reveal to you where your heart is. And make sure that where your heart is, is with Jesus. But one of the things that I find is, is that many of you, I believe, are followers of Christ, but you're not witnesses for Christ. And my guess is the reason why we're not witnessing is because we've given in to fear. Don't give in to fear. I know these times are tough, but trust in the Lord. Let me read to you verse 1 of Matthew 10. So if you have your Bible still open, we're going to finish with this. Matthew 10, 1. I believe this is true today just as it was when Jesus spoke it and he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction this morning it's that verse that jumped off the page at me in verse 8 Jesus says heal the sick raise the dead cleanse lepers cast out demons you receive without paying give without pay Jesus is calling us to be a powerful church. We need to believe that the gospel is powerful. I think powerful even over the things of this world. But as long as you're distracted and fearful of the things of this world, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to overcome anything. But in Christ, we shall overcome. Amen. And so I hope today your heart is encouraged 
to trust in the Lord. Don't let fear win out. Focus on the simple gospel truths that we have been given. And let's become the church in a way like we've never been before. I truly expect a revival to spark from these times because our eyes are beginning to open up to what really matters. Fear not, but have faith in Christ Jesus. I would like right now for just a moment as we, as we conclude, I'm gonna pray, and this will end our service here this morning. But I'm gonna pray for our world, but I'm gonna pray for you, you individually. I'm gonna ask that God will begin to speak to your heart And if there's any spiritual business that needs to take place, that you'll begin that process. As uh, Wayne said earlier, we we will have people in the offices all week. If you would like to call or visit with us or send us an email, go online and, and connect with us. And we'll do the best we can to either call you if that's best or visit with you if that's possible to to follow up with what we've said here today. If you want to move from that that uh, that place of fear to that place of faith. We can lead you in that by sharing with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to do that. We want to have that opportunity. That would be our honor, our pleasure, our privilege. Please give us that chance to share with you the hope of the gospel. Let's pray together. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, to learn more about us or get connected, visit RidgecrestBaptist.org.